everyone, to the Streaming Water Podcast. I'm your host, Blair Corning, and uh, we have a great uh, group today. This is a group from Colorado School of Mines uh, that's about to graduate uh, from School of Mines, and they are here to talk about their project as part of the Greenway Foundation Water Quality Challenge. So uh, thanks for being here. I have uh, Kayla, Loic, Indy, and Noah uh, four members of the six-member team that participated. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, Blair. You bet. Yeah, why don't I just give you each a chance to maybe introduce yourselves, tell uh, tell listeners who you are, where you came from, and where, where you're going in a short amount of time, though. <laughs> we'll start with yeah, you. Awesome. Well, my name is Kayla Benson. I'm a senior majoring in environmental engineering, minoring in public affairs. I'm originally from the Chicago area. Um, and after graduation, I'll be sticking around at Mines studying uh, natural resources and energy policies in their master's program. Oh, nice. Master's degree. All right. Uh, Indy, how about you? Yeah. So my name is Indiana Shaputra. I also go by Indy. Like many others here, I'm a senior and I'm majoring in mechanical engineering while minoring in leadership and social responsibility under the humanitarian engineering program. And what I'll be doing afterwards, like Kayla, I'll be sticking around for another year for my master's here and I'll be doing the advanced energy systems program. Nice. I think yeah, it's good you're uh, knocking that master's out while you're in the mode, you're in school mode. It's, I did mine after I got out for a bunch of years and it's it's hard to go back, so good for you. Uh, Loic, how about you? Hi, everyone. I'm Loic Stamparin, originally from Dublin, California, which is just east of San Francisco. Also in uh, environmental engineering with Kayla, and also like Indy, planning to transition over to more the energy field by pursuing advanced energy systems um, for a master's next year. Nice. All right. Last but not least, Noah, how about, how about you, man? Yeah, my name is Noah Ford. I'm a mechanical engineer at Colorado School of Mines. I'll be moving on to do environmental engineering as a master's degree at Colorado School of Mines. Um, and I'm from South Dakota. Cool. Do the uh, do the different disciplines of engineering hang out together in mines or you guys group up like mechanical environment? Do you stay within your groups or is it a, a melting pot? There's definitely some like grouping, but there's definitely a lot of interconnection. Like I got to meet a lot of environmental engineers and I got roped into become going into that master's program because of the people I met. And I think it depends on what you're involved in and just random interactions. I've definitely befriended people from very different majors just from sitting next to each other while studying my first year. Like you don't know how these connections build, but obviously you make friends through your major, but you never know the connections you made along the way. Like Kayla and I were friends through a different organization and class and all that. Yeah. But, and now we have the opportunity to work in a more technical field together. So that's kind of cool. The overlap. Yeah. It's, it's weird how it's similar to the, uh, to the working world, you know, in the workplace I've been, you know, some organizations it's real siloed and engineering's here and operations, you know, but you get so much more out of it when you get everyone working together and different, uh, different perspectives working with each other. So that's good. All right. Well, again, thanks for being here. I know it's finals week. And uh, so thanks for taking some time out of your studying to be here today. But this was a real exciting, uh, real exciting effort. And uh, I was been looking forward to doing a podcast on it. Uh, so let's just get started. I'll start with Kayla. And maybe you could take us through what the Greenway Foundation Water Quality Challenge is. And, and how did you get involved in the whole deal? 
Yeah. So our team members, all six of us were missing Ben um, Grusing and Alex Daniels here, but we are all part of the senior design capstone project at Colorado School of Mines. And our final project like chosen was this water quality challenge, which is sponsored by the Greenway Foundation. So the Greenway Foundation is a nonprofit that's main efforts is to, you know, make sure the South Platte River is being cleaned. It's been an ongoing issue, especially as it runs through the city of Denver. So they're trying to build a competition where, you know, young engineers, um, young minds can come together and try to brainstorm ideas to clean this up in a more technical way. So that's how we first got involved. And we've had a lot of cool touch points through the Greenway Foundation, through connecting with um, their main, you know, um, we have weekly meetings, but we also got to meet you, Blair, through it, other experts. So this water quality challenge was a testament to both the technical opportunities we have at Mines, but also some of these more professional connections as well. Cool. It was a lot of work. How long was the whole thing? Was it like a nine-month deal, two semesters? Yeah, we started August late August and we just wrapped up last week uh, end of April so it's a ongoing experience but that's yeah. kind of the beauty of it you get to see it almost all the way through basically yeah all right well next question uh, I'll shoot to Loic here can you tell me about the problem you chose and why that uh, why that problem needs solving or needs addressed yeah, as Kayla mentioned, the Clean Water Challenge is pretty open-ended, but uh, we decided to go with E. coli, which is one of the critical problems in the South Platte River watershed, especially in the Denver metro area. Um, and we chose Cherry Creek specifically to focus on, which is a tributary of the South Platte, but um, really this applies to the entire watershed. So as many people know, E. coli is a bacteria that um, if you swim or wade in the water, you can get um, sick. And there are some forms that are naturally occurring in your gut and good for you, but these forms are bad. And usually this comes from runoff across the city, um, a lot of waste, especially pet waste, et cetera, and it kind of washes into the river. So um, that was the main thing we we're trying to address. Uh, this has been a problem for a long time, the past couple of decades, um, and there are requirements to start addressing it in the city and county of Denver's MS4 permit, uh, especially sampling uh, the river itself and then various outfalls that kind of drain city runoff into the river because for recreational recreational standards the maximum safe allowable limit is 126 only forming units per 100 mils of water that's the technical term and uh especially in the summer there's a lot of places throughout denver where levels are pushing more like 300 500 maybe even higher so multiple times the allowable limit so it's definitely a big problem and one that is kind of complex and challenging to resolve yeah, I can see it being, uh, you know, even getting more important. You got all these kayak parks and you got uh, down there by REI. You see people hanging out in their swimsuits uh, with the kids down in the river. So, I, yeah, I mean, I think the river's turning into it's a more of a recreational asset and more of a draw because there's more condos and places to live and access to the river. So, uh, yeah, I think that was it was a good call to pick E. coli and bacterial contamination, I think. Let me shoot this one to Indy. Can you uh, take me through your thought process you went through to when you, okay, so you said we're going to tackle E. coli. How'd you set it up? How'd you evaluate what you were going to do to get to the end point? Yeah. So as this is a capstone class, um, one of the things that Minds really drives home to a lot of the students here is the design process and how iterative it is. So we really took that to heart when thinking of the different ways in which we would go about this design challenge. 
So we had the fortune of being able to look at previous years as this is an ongoing challenge in partnership with Greenway Foundation and the Colorado School of Mines. And we were able to see some previous teams, models and designs. Um, the two main options we could do, well, more like three, were um, using sand as a filtration system, using chemicals or using UV lights. And we felt due to just the maintenance process of using sand as well as just the chemical treatment, um, that would be a bit more difficult for what we were striving for. And there are also three mechanicals on the team. So we went with UV lights um, as our main source of having to treat E. coli. And from that, we went through several different iterations. Um, I think if you recall from the preliminary design review, we had a Roomba looking type of design that would be floating in the creek and a few other structural designs. However, those, those didn't really quite pan out because they'd be difficult to maintain or um, it'd be very difficult to make sure that they wouldn't be vandalized or disrupted by the public. So we had a few different uh, takeaways. And by you know, touring from with the city of Denver, as well as the South Platte Renew, we were able to learn a wide range of things that I know Noah can talk about a little bit later, including but not limited to contact time between the water and the UV bulbs, how they need to be essentially submerged and not just hovering over the water. So that really changed our perspective, as well as making sure that if we are going to make a design, um, where would we put this design? Uh, we initially were thinking to put it directly inside the um storm drains. However, that could be dangerous. Um, that could be ruining the structural integrity of that area around. So we were really cognizant on making sure that we wanted to treat one, the storm drains and outfalls and making sure that these are the prime spots that E. coli would really fester and that we want to tackle that effectively with the UV lights. It was amazing to me. I still see this in all our projects, but how much is involved? You know, it's not just one thing. You got to think of all the all the outside factors, you know, what about vandalism? Where are we going to get the power? What about where can we locate this that makes sense? So good. All right. Well, let's dive into to what you did ultimately come up with, Noah. Can you take us through uh, what the ultimate solution your group proposed and kind of tell us how it worked? Of course. So our final design was based off some test results we got back from actually using a residential uh, Trojan UV system. And once we realized that we needed fairly little uh, pretreatment and we needed fair and that the these small residential systems were still super, super effective for a little bit more intensive treatment processes, we ended up taking that residential system, attaching a cartridge filter on the inlet of it, and then getting a small transfer pump to be able to push water through the entire system. And that's pretty much it. It's a really nice, simple system that we felt was super feasible. And uh, when we saw that this idea could be presented and, and ready, basically the day we came up with it, we were really excited to push forward with it because we figured out how we could install it in Cherry Creek. We figured out how we'd route the power to and how we'd ensure that it would be safe for those around us and also keeping the system uh, in a functioning manner. Uh, and we just got really we pushed really hard with that that feasibility of the design you did some uh testing if i recall didn't you also grab some a giant uh barrel of water from the river and, and take it through kind of a pilot uh facility yeah we had a great idea of of jumping into the water in february and not realizing how cold that was going to be and uh we took this 
giant tank of water over to our wastewater treatment facility that we've got a lab set up at. And we ended up doing um, just like standard UV treatments for it and just tried to push the system harder and harder and harder to see what the final capabilities were. And we were really happy with what came to because we found that these small residential systems, their UV bulbs are just crazy powerful. So we were able to get incredibly high amounts of treatment that we just really weren't expecting with how murky and dirty the water was. Well, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. I think that another thing that came to mind from your system was it was scalable, you know, as far as you could put multiple units in, change locations, move it, you know, kind of design it where you need it. So I think that's uh, that was a good feature of the system. What did you all learn from uh, from this experience? You probably learned a lot about UV and and chlorine and the science, but, uh, you know, science and other what you what you take out of this whole experience? I could start. I know um, for before we really dove into the technical solution, we wanted to characterize the site. And I know Loke and I being environmental engineering majors, uh, we had practice in our field session where we were doing water quality testing or whatnot. But this is the first time where it was really unstructured and we had to use our best judgment to see what parameters we wanted to measure um, and what those really meant and kind of come to that conclusion ourselves. There wasn't a right answer. No one was really checking our work the same way that the class field session was. So I think really learning to be flexible and building our own solution, like kind of from the ground up and finding those resources as well through the process um, was super interesting. It made me also feel more empowered that some of this material that we learned is very, very applicable and I can be the one to employ that on my own or with a really great team. Good. How about you, Loic? What did uh, what did you learn through all this? Um, just, yeah, that design process is highly iterative. As Indy mentioned, we started off with some crazy ideas that were in stream and back at that time, it didn't seem too crazy, but obviously we knew there was concern about debris, there was concern about high flow. Um, and then also, yeah, scaling down uh, kind of our approach and honing in on a specific component. So for us, the storm drains proved to be a more feasible solution. So it's just that iterative process where sometimes you think you have a good idea, then you work on it and it's like, okay, there are constraints, there are problems. Um, sometimes you just have to go back to the drawing board, go go back to square one and then start over again. Um, so that's what I learned, but definitely like those previous iterations still helped us inform our final decision, especially with all the research we did to kind of justify some of the technical aspects and so we learned that, yeah, through persistence and then trying new ideas until something worked, we're going to find something that um, could be quite beneficial in the end. I get what you're talking about. We call it, uh, I don't like this term, it sounds kind of morbid, we call it killing the puppy. Like, you got to know when to kill the puppy. We wouldn't really kill the puppy, but sometimes you get an idea and it's like your idea, you're attached to it. And it's so hard to just finally say, this isn't going to work. We got to let this one go and move on. But sometimes people get you get so hung up in in trying to make it work that you you waste a lot of time. So that's a that's a good comment. How about you, Indy? Do you uh, you got some takeaways from this project that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very interesting. I have a couple different points. One, coming from a background where I'm trained more for humanitarian engineering, um, I knew that design process was going to be key and essential, and really understanding who is involved in this process, who are our stakeholders, who um, who are we, who is benefiting from this design. And even if we can make like a slight difference that would make huge impacts. We even did an economic analysis on um, comparing like the rates from 
how many people within like the country get E. coli scale back back to the population of Denver and just seeing how much money people can save just by not taking sick days. Like that makes a lot of difference just seeing that number over duration of 10 years. And it's just really eye-opening to see the grander scheme of just what the work that we are doing, doing the proof of concept to show that we can take a residential um, type of technology and apply it to river water to show that it can work. And knowing that um, by implementing these types of designs, these can really help people and their health. That That's just very rewarding, fulfilling to me personally. And on another point, um, I really got to enjoy working with different majors. And I know um, we really lucked out in this particular challenge, as mentioned previously, there are three mechanicals on the team, two environmentals and one civil. So I didn't really know exactly the skill sets that these different majors had until I was able to see them in action when Ben was talking about the structural integrity with putting certain designs directly in the storm drains, as well as just seeing Kayla and Noah, um, Loic my God, I can't talk. Kayla Loic conducting the environmental tests. So it was really rewarding to see all these different um, diverse backgrounds come together for this project. And to add something, we didn't really talk about this in our questions before, but especially because our team member Alex isn't here, but she spearheaded a lot of the educational component of the uh, project. That was actually part of the rubric also for this clean water quality challenge. But um, she was at the helm for building like a sign that we'd put outside of a device to kind of get the public to be aware of like, you know, what's this device doing? And maybe also kind of adjust their own behaviors that could impact and reduce E. coli incoming. And also she made a website where people can go to and find out more information. So what Indy was saying going off of that, like the societal impact is intertwined with the technical considerations for sure. Yeah, I remember that. That was a uh, good website for our listeners. Can you remember the address? Well, I'll get it from you. I'll get it from you. I'll put it in the show notes. And if people want to visit it, they can go on it because it was a good website, not just for this project, for but to learn about E. coli and, uh, you know, water quality in general. I'll get that from you after the show and put that in the show notes for listeners to to check it out. Uh, how about you, Noah? What did you what did you take away from all this? What uh, what lesson did you learn? Uh, the I think the biggest lesson I learned is that you just need to be open to ideas and solutions coming from anywhere. We really were told as we were doing kind of a research process that UV is going to be a really difficult solution to implement because of uh, how finicky it can be in all these different conditions. And we really did not expect some little residential uh, UV system to actually pose any kind of threat towards the E. coli inside uh, Cherry Creek. But when those lab results came back and we realized just how powerful that bulb was and we realized how like actually useful these systems were, we we kind of changed our entire focus from going from this like super customized UV design idea to using off the part, off the shelf parts that are reliable and we know that will work. Cool. Well, hopefully, you know, it seemed to me this project from what I saw kind of bridged the gap a little from academic to more of a real life, you know, engineering project with a team, come up with a common solution. So hopefully this, uh, do you think this gave you a taste of, of what it's like if you uh, get a job for one of these high powered engineering firms after school? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And I know some of the report writing and stuff too, not just uh, some of the intense technical, some of those soft schools like leadership, teamwork also will definitely help us transition from college to, you know, industry. 
Oh, well, that being said, I should let you get back. Just to, are all you on track to graduate? Yes. Everyone's <laughs> looking good? Okay, good. That's good to hear. No, um, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear a yes from you. Is that a thumbs up? We'll see what my professor says. I got a research professor who likes to dangle the graduation in front of my nose. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. And uh, I'll let you get back to studying. Thank you, uh, Kayla, Indy, Noah, and uh, Loic for being here and uh, sharing a little bit about your experience with the uh, Clean Water Challenge. Uh, thanks to our listeners for listening to the Streaming Water Podcast and our sponsors, the Rocky Mountain Water Environment Association and the Colorado Wastewater Utility Council for their sponsorship. Uh, to the listeners, uh, we ask if you enjoy the show, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player you're listening. And if you have show ideas, uh, shoot them to me uh, at streamingwater at mail.com. If you know of a good idea or you have something cool about water you want to talk about, let me know and uh, contact me at streamingwateratmail.com. And uh, oh, yeah, we got the quiz. I forgot the quiz. You guys ready for the quiz? I think so. <laughs> All right. I know you were a little scared for the quiz. Here we go. You guys can do it as a group. Uh, first question this is the quiz. And I know you guys are in School of Mines, which is out of Golden. So this is a uh, gold quiz here. Uh, in the awesome movie, The Outsiders, this might be before your time, but The Outsiders, what character tells Pony Boy to stay gold? I'll give you some multiple choice answers. Is it uh, one, two bit, two, Johnny, three, Soda Pop, or four, Dallas? Who tells Pony Boy to stay gold? Man, I'm going to be honest. I saw the play like five plus years ago. It's been a hot second. My friend has read that book like 25 times. If only she was here. <laughs> oh. C is a nice no, nice guess. Soda pop. Wait, what about what is it? No, no, it's gotta be Johnny. It's gotta be Johnny. Johnny? I'm okay with Johnny. I I'm just here. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea, so I'll go with that. All right, you going with Johnny? Yes. Locked in final answer. That is correct. Johnny is the uh, correct answer, played by Ralph Macchio, who uh, later, I think he's doing The Karate Kid now on Netflix. The, oh, the right. The version. Yeah. I All right, know. number two. You're one for one. If this is, uh, hopefully, you carry this into finals week here. Uh, gold symbol AU is derived from what word? The chemical symbol for gold is AU. Uh, what does that derive from? Is it. Uh, a, Auburn University, where it was first purified. Uh, B, Auguster, the word Auguster. Uh, three, the word Orum. Or four, the different strokes episode where Willis says, Hey, you give me back my gold watch to help uh, Arnold learn his chemical symbols. Which one do you think it is? Well, we know it's not A or D. <laughs> Um, I sincerely doubt that the periodic table um, elements would be named after universities. Didn't Berk is it there Ber like something Berkeley though? Probably. Yeah, those are like the ones they made in the lab that like they actually made there. Okay. Yeah. I so probably go with C, but I'm not really sure. I three or C, one of which. Yeah. We did B last time. Should we go? For Let's C? go C this time. Let's make. <laughs> you go on C. That would be Orem. That is correct. 
Aurum is a Latin word for uh, for gold, I think. Augustor means profoundly honored. I think that's also Latin. But anyway, you are correct. Let's see if we can get three for three, carry this into finals week uh, on a high note. The city of Golden is the birthplace of what candy? Is it A, Mike and Ike's, B, Jolly Ranchers, uh, C, Almond Toffee, or D, that crappy black and orange wrapped peanut butter candy that they give out at Halloween time. Which uh, <laughs> I'm like I'm like eighty percent sure it's Jolly Ranchers. That's legit if it's true. I'll be damned if it's <laughs> not Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> so you heard it. She'll be damned. Is anyone going to challenge that? that going with Indy on this one. I think. Yeah. I think it was Vixen. Jolly Ranchers. All right, you're going with B Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. That is impressive. That is the correct answer. You are three for three with the final quiz. Doesn't happen very often, so you should be proud and hopefully <laughs> ride this wave into finals week and uh, also ace those tests. Thanks a lot for being here. Thanks for your time and taking time out of out of your uh, busy day. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Blair. Thank you, Blair. Thank you. Thank you.